Wendy Brockman. Welcome to Denver Decides. Denver Decides is a community partnership dedicated to accessible and transparent elections. This partnership includes Interneighborhood Cooperation, the League of Women Voters of Denver, Historic Denver, and is presented by Denver 8 TV. Today we are presenting a runoff candidate forum for the Office of Denver City Council Member representing District 3, and that is in West Central Denver. Going into the May 7th municipal election, four candidates were on the ballot vying to represent District 3. None of them were able to garner a clear majority of the votes cast, so a runoff election will be held on Tuesday, June 4th. The top two vote-getters will face off one more time, and they are here with us this evening. On my right is Jamie Torres, and on my left, Veronica Barella. Let's welcome the candidates to our forum. <clears throat> So we shall begin with a minute and a half opening statement from each candidate, and we're going to go in order that the candidates' names appear on the ballot. So, Jamie Torres, you have 90 seconds. Thank you. Uh, good evening, everyone, and thank you to INC and League of Women Voters and Historic Denver for tonight's event uh, and for Denver 8 for covering it. Um, my name is Jamie Torres, and I'm running for Denver City Council District 3. Uh, this is the community, this is the district that I am born and raised in, and it's one that I share uh, both history, uh, commitment, and inspiration uh, for the past uh, 42 years of my life, 32 directly in, the, in Villa Park uh, in the district. Um, some of the things that uh, put me on this stage today um, were pretty unexpected. Um, raised by a single mom in West Denver, um, she knew that our path out of poverty was through education, uh, and she made sure that we received it. And uh, putting that to work back to my community has been my commitment ever since that, uh, that period of time. I started working for the city of Denver 18 years ago in the Agency for Human Rights and community partnerships, not really expecting to stay very long, but really finding a home and a family and a source of inspiration to do good work. I started the Office of Immigrant and Refugee Affairs there 13 years ago and have been building a foundation for immigrant integration ever since. Uh, what we do when we welcome newcomers is we create a better city, um, and that's what I aim to bring uh, into District 3 um, uh, through uh, my partnerships and uh, collaborative nature. Thank you. And now an opening statement from Veronica Barella. First, I want to thank <clears throat> Inc. and the League of Women Voters um, and um, Historic Denver for having this. Thank you. Also, I first want to thank the two candidates who are running um, in District 3 for their endorsements, Annie Martinez and Raymond Montoya. <clears throat> I was born and raised in La Alma Lincoln Park and have worked there my whole adult life. Growing up in La Alma Lincoln Park was a great experience. And although we were very poor, lived in public housing, and was on public assistance, this period of my life taught me values that I will forever be grateful for. It gave me a sense of empathy and perspective and taught me to make the best of whatever challenges came my way. My life's work has included community development, supporting arts and culture, and championing civil rights. 
My tenure with Newset Community Development Corporation can be seen firsthand in the successful community that is Law Lincoln Park, Santa Fe Drive, and the Santa Fe Arts District. I intend to bring my experience, solid community development principles, and my values to District 3 as I work with our residents to help them build a community that they need and they want. I have the experience to lead with integrity, and please vote for me on June 4th. Now the first of our submitted questions for the candidate. Each candidate will have one minute to answer, and we're going to do the reverse order from the opening statements. So we will begin with Veronica Barella. Here's the first question. There are very few grocery stores in District 3 within easy access to the residents. What are your plans to help residents bridge this gap? Um, <clears throat> District 3 has some grocery stores. It has King Supers in Loma Lincoln Park. It has a really nice food co-op, both on Morrison Road and First Avenue. It has a little uh, <clears throat> grocery store on First and Knox, but most of the district is a uh, food desert. And <clears throat> people have a right to have fresh food, because if they don't, then they go to convenience stores and have processed food. I helped bring in that King Supers in Loma Lincoln Park um, <clears throat> with the developer and the contractor that was on site for the UDAG project way back. And, and I plan to help try to bring in a grocery store in District 3, right smack in the middle of it, so that people have a place to go buy fresh fruits and vegetables. It's very important for people's health, mental state, <clears throat> to have good housing and fresh food. Jamie Torres, your turn, same question. Sure. Um, the, um, I think it's important to uh, keep in mind that there are two major grocery stores in District 3. One is on um, Sheridan in Florida. So we have these two uh, grocery entities at um, really clear ends of our district and not much in between. Um, and I was um, originally part of a Fresh Food Financing Fund advisory group um, a while back when this was explored. How do we get more grocery options into uh, food insecure areas of Denver. Um, and the difficulty there really had to do with uh, grocers' reluctance around density, um, land, and cost of land, and um, disposable income of the community. Um, there's a, a portion of that that I, um, I can appreciate and understand. Density um, is, we're a lot of single family homes in West Denver, um, but we also, uh, we spend just like anyone else in uh, throughout the city. Um, what's risen up have been small grocers, Mi Pueblo at First and Knox Court. Um, Our time is up for question one. Question two, we will start with Jamie Torres on this one. Mayor Federico Pena said that creating the Lower Downtown Historic District helped preserve the culture, soul, and spirit of the city. More than 30 years later, what are your ideas to preserve the culture, soul, and spirit of District 3? Oh, this is a huge priority, and part of it begins with uh, the creative uh, sources of the district. Um, so one that Veronica is very familiar with um, along Santa Fe Drive, um, the other is along Morrison Road, uh, but within a mile of my home, um, there are any number of musicians, bands, artists. District 3 is um, overflowing with artistic and cultural um, uh, uh, assets, um, people, uh, sources. 
um, and I want to elevate that. One, through uh, partnerships with the Office of Storytelling to make sure we're capturing the stories of um, who's creating uh, in our district, um, and two, really capturing the history of it from its original um, uh, Jewish immigrant roots to uh, layers of Latino and other immigrant community groups and what they've brought to District 3. Veronica, you have one minute for your answer to the same question. <clears throat> I've worked with arts and culture all my life. <clears throat> I was the one that brought the uh, Cinco de Mayo back to Santa Fe Drive. At first it got so big we had to take it down to Civic Center Park. But <clears throat> District 3 is rich with cultural heritage that needs to be preserved and not forgotten. Um, you have the uh, New Saigon Center on Federal Boulevard. Morrison Road is a become such a cultural uh, enclave for that community. Santa Fe Drive with the Santa Fe Arts District, with the Museo and Chalk <clears throat> and Suthiathro. We need to preserve our culture because that's what our ancestors gave us and we cannot forget our culture and our communities and I will work very hard to make sure that happens and that the young folks understand what their culture is and who it belongs to and how they preserve it. The next question for our candidates, we will start with Veronica this time. What are the current preservation issues facing District 3? <clears throat> My concern on preservation issues is, um, is preserving the community, number one, because the gentrification has just run rampant. But, for example, in Loma Lincoln Park, the historic district is working on a landmark designation for the, <clears throat> what would be the, um, on the west side of Santa Fe Drive. Um, and the, and the, some of the residents that own homes there are very interested in that landmark designation. Preservation is really important. Um, the whole area <clears throat> after the Udake project on the west side and the reason historic Denver is looking at that area is a designated federal historic site. But uh, I think preservation is really important. It goes along with culture, arts and culture. Jamie, same question. Sure. Um, I'm absolute agreement that preservation um, helps preserve the things that we're proud of and the things that we want to protect. One of the things that I'm um, optimistic about is um, Historic Denver working um, with uh, the Landmark Commission to add culture as one of the criteria for how uh, buildings and um, landmarks are determined throughout the city, um, which is really meaningful to, uh, to West Denver because of the movements that we've experienced there through the Chicano movement um, and also kind of immigrant influence throughout the district. Um, there are a number of things that I think that would elevate. Um, one of the things that I think we have to keep in mind um, as we pursue cultural preservation, especially of homes um, that we want to preserve the look and feel of neighborhoods, um, is the cost that comes with having um, a historic home um, and making sure that, that homeowners and residents um, have sources that they can tap and, um, and ways to afford new windows, new roofing, uh, all of that that comes with um, kind of additional burdens. Thank you, Jamie. Another question, this time we will begin with you. Some citizens have complained that city government has not listened to their voice before, during and after adoption of Denver Right. What will you do to reach out to neighborhood leaders going forward to engage their voice in citywide decisions that affect their members? This, this hits incredibly close to home because our agency thrives on inclusive engagement, and often we're um, the fish swimming against the current when it comes to this uh, because 
because there are so many different outreach uh, efforts that are made that are made throughout the city and by city departments that um, our assistance to them um, in order to make it inclusive and equitable um, is is difficult to do. Uh, we are working on that. We are training through our agency on how to do that better. Um, but uh, Denverite, I think, exposed um, a lot of where we lack in equity planning. Um, there were tens of thousands of comments that were received, um, and 80% of them came from white men uh, throughout Denver. So we were not adequately capturing who our community is, where they are, and how they can contribute to a public input process. This is exactly what I'm able to do in bringing immigrant and non-English speaking voices to the table because we need different tactics to reach different communities. Veronica, you have one minute for the same question. <clears throat> Denver I absolutely needs to be revisited. Um, I think that, um, you know, the, the city is, is uh, I mean, they have these meetings and, and public meetings about all the different things they're doing, whatever study they're doing at the time. But the Denverite really needs to hit everybody in the communities. Um, and the way you do that is you bring in all the organizations, just not the neighborhood organization. Um, the, you, know, um, you, you bring in all the organizations, whether they're immigrant organizations or the Mikasas or the Newseds or the Denver Intercity Parishes, because that's the community. And those are the groups that can bring people to the table. They're the ones that get the residents to these meetings. And so you, you get these developers in the city or who, whatever the city is doing at the time to come to meetings. They have their plans. They have them up on the, you know, <clears throat> the drawing board, and they want you're okay on it, but you've not been a part of it from day one. Time is up for that one. New rounds now. We're going to have the candidates ask each other a direct question, and you'll each have a minute to respond. So we're going to return to ballot order and begin with Jamie. Your question for Veronica. Sure. Um, now that um, Initiative 300 has um, has not passed, um, I've seen uh, both positions uh, from your side around your support of that. Um, Downtown Denver Partnership listed you as um, opposed, um, but you've also said that you're in favor of ending the camping ban. So what comes next for you? Um, <clears throat> the, uh, the partnership had that wrong. Okay. Um, the, um, I think it's really important to start looking at, um, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge supporter of housing, and so in order to address the homeless issue, we need to look at all the different types of housings that could be available for them. Tiny homes, transitional housing, um, we really need to work on that. SROs are so important. Wellington let the Colorado Coalition for the Homeless build SROs in the building there across the street from the city and county building, and it's been very, very successful. We need to look at those types of initiatives, and Denver needs to put more money into the homeless issue. I was looking at other cities and what they put in. For 2019, I think they're around, I wrote it down somewhere, they're around um, um, $51 million. Other cities like put anywhere from $77 million to $150 million. I'm going to stop you there. Okay. Your time is up. You now have an opportunity to ask Jamie a question. Okay. Fracking. Why are you pro-fracking? The city has set 
100% renewable energy goals, why would you be in favor of fracking? Fracking mixtures are made up of highly corrosive and carcinogenic chemicals. In Weld County, you can put a match to your uh, water and it'll catch fire. So I was wondering why you're in favor of fracking. I'm not in favor of fracking. I've signed on to Tony Pigford's. Uh, uh, but you uh, said you were in favor of fracking. Let me finish, please. Um, I signed on to Tony Pickford's that would ban it in Denver, and I'm interested in pursuing that conversation. Where I said that I was not in favor of bans was statewide, and be, largely because we have no control over that from Denver. We're going to continue one-on-one -on -one questions for Council District 3. Veronica, you're up next. Jamie. Oh, Veronica, you're up next. Jamie. With another question. Oh, okay. Okay. okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Would you submit an ordinance to get rid of the camping ban if you're elected? Um, I would submit an ordinance to revise it. I think there are things that have been utilized through the camping ban, and particularly in terms of how individuals are able to be approached for assistance. That I would want to retain. I think there are other parts of the camping ban, particularly around um, access to food um, and maybe weather permissions um, that I would uh, consider differently, um, but I probably would not uh, deliver an ordinance that um, eliminates it altogether. Jamie, do you have another question for Veronica? Sure. Um, so one of your endorsements has come from the uh, Denver Police Department Union, um, and this caught my eye largely because of their, their um, uh, consistent opposition to the uh, Public Safety Priorities Enforcement Act. And I'm wondering, um, particularly in a district that's made up of uh, such a large population of immigrants for Denver, um, why you accepted this endorsement? Uh, it wasn't the police union's endorsement. It was the sheriff's union endorsement. Okay, I yeah. thought I saw and that. It's, no, it's the sheriff's union endorsement. And I've always supported the sheriffs um, and was concerned about um, when the study came out about the sheriff's department several years ago that the mayor was uh, unwilling to put community people on the committee to look at those issues that came forth on the sheriff's department. And then as we were doing that study and, lo and looking at all the issues, uh, you know, police issues started coming into that, especially with the use of force. And so we wanted to uh, actually <clears throat> have Denver start putting a use of force policy together under Chief White, but that didn't work because when he wrote it, he pretty much wrote it, it, uh, it didn't really um, help the situation any. Now Paul Pazin has put together a use of force policy that's way better, and, uh, it, and it's not that we don't build, deal with police issues, but no, they didn't endorse me. Jamie, you're up next with a question for Veronica. Sure. Um, so uh, kind of continuing on the conversation around a grocery store, um, how do we enter into that? Because it has been tried uh, throughout uh, District 3, uh, particularly west of I-25, um, without producing a community that is uh, purely gentrified in order to bring the density and the disposable income for it. Well, um, you know, uh, Albus Brooks got a grocery store in his district, uh, and I suppose parts of that are a little more dense, um, but I remember them trying to get a grocery store years ago and they couldn't do it. So he has a, sort of a formula for working uh, with, uh, I think we need to talk to King Supers. There's another grocery store, and I don't know the name of it. I think it's called Lucky's. It's a smaller uh, chain that we might be able to convince to come into the community. But that takes a lot of community organizing, which I'm very, very good at, and uh, and, and dealing with businesses, uh, whether they're corporate or small businesses, I'm very good at that too. 
I think I could uh, move that forward. Veronica, you're next with a question for Jamie. <clears throat> Would you be willing to question contracts that are not meeting the city's MWBE goals <clears throat> and uh, airport concessions? Um, well, that's two questions. I'm sorry. Let's just do the MWBE. Um, absolutely, and I actually think that um, we should revisit the um, uh, equity that, study that was done and the thresholds that we put on what we expect out of our contracts. Um, beyond that, I would also include um, subcontractors. I think some of the ways that um, that folks are able to uh, qualify um, are not entirely descriptive of who those contractors are. Um, yes, those should be scrutinized, and for more than just MWBE, but also past practice. Um, in ways that have hurt labor. One more one-on-one -on -one question um, for the representatives vying for District 3. Veronica, you have one more chance for a question for Jamie. Um, well, let me see. Um, I had a whole bunch of them. I-70, would you have voted that for that if you had been on city council? No. The I-70 project? No. Okay. You have a question? Sure. Um, one of the things that uh, I, I think districts across the city struggle with, um, which has been one of the areas that we've tried to supplement, um, uh, really is our engagement to non-English speakers. Um, who are those communities in District 3 and how would you reach them? When I was at Newshead, we worked with a non-English speaking a community and immigrants. I would say one out of every four uh, families we put into home ownership were immigrants. So, uh, and <clears throat> all my, well, most of the staff that worked in the housing division were, you know, immigrants themselves. Um, so we have worked with the immigrant community um, over the years. All right, now it's time for closing statements, ladies. You each get 90 seconds, and we will reverse the order from the opening statements, which means we will begin with Veronica Barilla. In closing, I ask for your vote by June 4th. I trust that the community can see I have the experience to lead District 3, and together we can build a complete neighborhood they need and want. We have serious issues to deal with, rising rents for residents and businesses, a housing shortage, the need for en entry-level home ownership that helps build wealth. When I was at Newstead under my leadership, we put over 2,000 people into home ownership. Stagnant wages, air and quality, air and water quality concerns, climate change and emergency planning, a need for affordable and safe transportation often, options. We need new parks and need to improve the existing par parks. We have large development plans that must include community voices. My whole life I have worked for you in the community and together we built a strong Loma Lincoln Park neighborhood that has served as a national model for inclusive development. Help me bring these principles to District 3 and I will lead with integrity to work for you, the residents of District 3. And now a closing statement from Jamie Torres. 
Thank you. Um, and I, I, I think it's important for us to kind of take a look at, in District 3, who, who are we becoming uh, as a district and how do we get there? Um, and what do we need to keep in mind as we're uh, uh, kind of looking at a number of things changing throughout the district? Um, we've got a lot of complexities and polarizations throughout the district that really need someone to come to bring them together. Uh, because when we're stronger as neighborhoods, um, we can be much more forceful and impactful when we're pushing against a particular uh, development or path or policy. Um, and this is what I'm already seeing neighborhoods doing, um, and I want to help build that with them. Um, a lot of my legacy throughout the city has been in working collaboratively with hard-to-reach communities um, and really developing a sense of trust with them and letting them lead me. Um, and that's what I want to do in District 3 for my neighbors, for my family, um, and for the entire community. Thank you. That wraps our runoff forum for City Council District 3. Let's thank the candidates, Jamie Torres and Veronica Barella, for their participation. Our thanks also to the Denver Decides Partners, which include Interneighborhood Cooperation, the League of Women Voters of Denver, and Historic Denver. Denver Decides is presented by Denver 8 TV. Also, we want to extend our thanks to the staff and management of the Denver Art Museum and Christy Bassiner, the Director of Communications and Public Affairs, for providing a location for our runoff forums. We hope we've given you a fair look at each candidate vying to represent District 3 on Denver City Council. Be sure you have voted and returned your ballot by 7 p.m. on Tuesday, June 4th. For complete election information, you can go online to denverdecides.org. I'm Wendy Brockman. Thanks for watching.